Hey everyone, welcome to the Made It in Music podcast. Today I'm talking with Josh Simons about networking in the music industry. Josh Simons is the CEO and co-founder of Vamper, the world's largest and most active social professional network for musicians. Prior to running Vamper, Josh Simons spent the better part of a decade as a successful artist, songwriter, and producer. As a producer and songwriter, Simons has shared credits with Travis Scott, Troy Sivan, and Kanye West, to name a few. This was recorded along with our live online audience from our Song Chasers community. You can learn more about Song Chasers at joinsongchasers.com. For now, let's dive into the episode. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Good to see y'all. Some familiar faces that we just saw at boot camp last week. I've been reading some uh, posts on on our Song Chasers community. People saying, "Man, does anybody else feel like they're on a coming off coming off a high? It's like a little bit of a crash when you come home from a from a three day boot camp event." So we've got an exciting guest for y'all today. We are going to be diving into. Uh, this will be kind of our last event for the month of March with the theme of networking in the music industry. Uh, a disclaimer, I am at home right now. Uh, I ended up coming coming down with COVID the day after boot camp. And so I'm home on my like five-day quarantine. But we've got an awesome guest with us today. We've got um, Josh Simons in with us. Simons or Simmons? I'll make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. Oh, it's Simons. But Simons, can, I, I, I got it. However you like, Seth, it's fine. I got it correct. Okay. First time. Josh Simons. Um, Josh Simons, for those of y'all who are not familiar, is the CEO and co-founder of Vamper. That's V-A-M-P-R, the world's largest and most active social professional network for musicians, often dubbed the LinkedIn for creatives. Josh Simons has grown Vamper into a multi-award winning platform, including a most prestigious nod from Apple with an inclusion in their best of the year list. Prior to running Vamper, Josh Simon spent the better part of a decade as a successful artist, songwriter, and as a producer. As a producer and songwriter, Simons has shared credits with Travis Scott, Troy Sivan, and Kanye West, just to name a few. In April 2020, Simons was named in the Music Network's 30 Under 30 list, in addition to being voted Reader's Choice. Simons holds a Bachelor of Business from Swinburne University. So, uh, Josh, thanks so much for being on with us today uh, for our Song Chasers group. What a hell of an introduction. Thank you. We could just wrap it up. We could just wrap it up there. <laughs> hey, well, you've got you've got a lot going on, man. So thank you for for taking the time to come and share with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. So um that's where you are now. Where where did you start? How did you get into music? That's a great question. So I mean, I came from a family that was sort of quite deeply embedded in the music industry. My Granddad started a publishing company in England in the 40s uh, called Leeds Music that was bought by Universal Pictures and is what we now know today as Universal Music Group. Um, and so he was the chairman of, of that entity for until, until he passed away in the year 2000. Uh, so it's a pretty, you know, big uh, legacy to live up to, I suppose. And, and that carried forth through to my father who published Paul McCartney and, and my mum who sort of worked for Warners and so then when the baton was passed to me and my, my brother, it seemed inevitable that we'd probably head into the world of music. Um, but I never really knew what side I'd head into. It started off with management when I was about 20. Then I was frustrated with the bands that I was managing. So I was like, screw it, I'm going to create my own band. And that took off very quickly in Australia and exactly nowhere else. But, uh, you know, within six months, we were playing 
festivals and we're on the radio and you know national tv and all that kind of exciting stuff and that lasted for about five ten years and then i started vampa when i got frustrated that the career was hard to to replicate in other markets and it was like i don't have another five years to build up a whole new market from scratch which is a problem that a lot of artists face and so i was like we've got to find a technological solution that that's going to alleviate this problem for the next generation of musicians. And that's what we're, we're trying to do with Vampa. That's awesome. Can you, and, and congratulations on all your success, by the way, can you clarify or maybe define that problem just even, even more so just so everybody's really clear on what, what Vampa is trying to solve? Yeah. So like when you think about music tech, I think a lot of people understand and appreciate that it's, there's never been an easier time to distribute your music, get publishing representation for your tracks, build a fan base on TikTok or Instagram or what have you. What when you upload your music, host it on SoundCloud, distribute through CD baby, all that kind of stuff, right? There's places to do all these things, but there's a couple of issues with that. It's almost too easy. So there's a signal to noise ratio problem. It's harder to break through than ever. There's 40,000 new songs a day. So you're fighting against all of that noise. Your experience as an artist is fragmented across 10 odd services. So you've got all these different logins and accounts and subscription fees and um, it's expensive and it's time consuming. Um, but there's also on top of all of that, not a single platform actually addressing the personnel problem. So when you think about collaboration in any creative arts, but especially music, nothing is possible without working with someone else, like literally nothing from, uh, even at its most fundamental, uh, if you think about a singer songwriter who wants to put on a club show in front of 50 people, you've still got to deal with promoters. You've got to deal with the venue. You might have to deal with the PRO. You've probably got to deal with some merch people, maybe your fans. So it always comes down to people and people working together to achieve a common end goal. And it's not a sexy problem. It's not a problem that your Spotify's or your universals or anything like that are looking at, but it's a fundamentally uh, fundamental requirement of any successful collaboration or venture. And, and that's collaboration. So my company's job or we exist really to help solve that problem for other people. That's awesome. So to help people connect with each other in order to potentially find collaborators to work with whatever they need, are, are there different types of um, types of music industry personnel that it, that you guys cater to, or is it kind of sure. like every, everything? No, that that's great question. So when we started the product, because when you think about a social network with categories, like I am this and I am that, you can't have 10,000 categories because there would be, you wouldn't find anyone. People would disappear into pockets and there'd be three people on there and you'd go, this sucks. So when we started it, we actually created an artificial scarcity by limiting the number of categories. So we had bass player, drummer, singer, producer, manager, songwriter. I think that was it. And so of course, there was a limited enough categories that we were able to fill them up with lots of people very, very quickly. And there was always someone that you could find on Vampa. About a year and a half ago, we said, screw that. The market keeps telling us, I want, I want to be on there. I'm a filmmaker. I want to be on there. I'm a choreographer. And eventually we just said, there's enough demand now that we're going to throw it wide open and let the market define the categories. So we went from four or five categories to 27,000 today. And so that's everything from, 3D artist animator for, you know, the big screens on an arena tour right down to, you know, a lighting tech for the local pub um, and everything in between. And, you know, as I said, choreographers, directors, filmographers, um, agents, etc. And there's 27 odd thousand categories. Um, and now there's enough people on the platform. We've got 1.4 million accounts that you'll always find someone um, no matter what city you're in or 
you know, what you're searching for. And, and it's taken a long time to get, I mean, it's taken us six years to get to that point. You can't build these things overnight. And most people that try run out of money before they can get to the position that, that we've persevered and gotten to. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit, man, I've got, I've got a lot of questions on that. Um, just to piggyback and uh, Riley, feel free to jump into if anything, I see the wheels spinning in your brain as well. <laughs> um, is there some sort of a ratings like, like LinkedIn or any of the other social media, you kind of have this quote social credit system where you, you, people can see your ratings, you can endorse other people. Is, is there that sort of system on, on Vamper as well? That's a, a great question, Seth. So the, the, the difference between LinkedIn and um, Vampa, LinkedIn is a resume-based platform, right? So your resume is your resume. There's not really any bias in it. Um, there's not really much opinion invited. It's, it is what it is. And yes, you can endorse people on LinkedIn, and that's a great, one of the best features on the platform, but it is what it is. It's scroll and it's information and it's click. Music and arts in general is a much more vulnerable thing. If you invite people to give the thumbs up or a thumbs down, um, you're potentially criticizing someone in their most vulnerable moment, which is I'm a new, young, creative person, finally having the courage to put myself out there into the universe. I, that person should be you know, vindicated and not um, shot down. And so we do have a rating system, but it's completely invisible to the public. And when I say a rating system, it's we use very clever algorithms that are about six years smart. You know, We've been building this machine learning algorithm for a very long time now that can see certain traits in people based on you know how complete their profile is, how many people are talking to them in the back end, how many people are engaging with their content and all that. And we use that to rank you based on where we where the algorithm thinks you are. And it's pretty damn accurate. I mean, we, we're auditing it all the time and improving it and feeding in new inputs. And then the idea is when you're on Vampa searching for somebody else, you'll be matched with someone of a similar skill type. But we don't want to broadcast that information publicly because it's unfair. You know, if someone is ranked a one, it might not mean that they're bad. It just means that they're starting off. If someone's a 10, yes, because they have 50 million streams, but it wouldn't be appropriate to put someone with 50 million streams with someone who's just getting started and it's their first day out there. So we want, it's actually in everyone's interest to be matched with people on a similar skill level. And we call that horizontal networking as opposed to vertical networking. And we can get into that concept later. Um, but it's a really powerful thing to actually be matched with peers at the similar experience. Very cool. Very cool. Um, to zoom out a little bit, even just thinking back over your own career, I want to hear and, and maybe dive into the season of, cause in, I mean, I don't, I don't want to skimp over the, the names in your bio of having worked with Travis Scott and Kanye West and, and Troy Savon. What, what role or what, what chapter in your career did they play and how did you get connected to them? Yes. That, that sort of all of the writing stuff I did with other artists came at the moment where I was transitioning out from my artist project and into being a CEO of Vampa, uh, it just kind of happened that way. It wasn't by design. Um, I was actually living in London at the time and there's uh, my PRO. I'm with a PRO called APRA. Um, so that's like the equivalent to your ASCAPs and BMIs and stuff. So um, I was with APRA and they do song camps for international expats. And um, I was just thrown in a camp with Troy Sivan. We wrote a song and Troy Sivan was kind of like YouTube famous, but he wasn't star famous yet um and we wrote a song together that we liked but it never made the, his album and then two years later i got a call from the ceo of universal australia saying we, this is going to be the voice winners single and i was like oh damn and um got thrown into an email chain with a lot of quite well-known managers and one of them was someone in kanye's camp 
and I recognized the name immediately. And I just did a reply all and said, I'm moving to LA next week. This is 2016. I think I was like, I'm moving to LA next week. Uh, I don't know anyone in America. This is great that I'm going to have this cut on the voice, but can you set me up in sessions with human beings kind of doing what Vampa does, but before Vampa was public and, and being used by millions of people. And, um, and then one of these guys replied and said, sure, can you come to a studio in North Hollywood? I said, okay. And it turned out to be Travis Scott session and at Kanye's studio. So that's how that happened. And then I worked at good music for a couple of years, but I was running Vampa at the same time. And then eventually Vampa got, we've got 26 employees in six different countries. So that started to take over and I had to step back from songwriting a little bit, but um, yeah, that's how that all happened. That's awesome. I want to, I want to hit on that really quick. Cause you move, a lot of people have that experience of moving, you know, to a new market, to a new city. Um, you, you obviously were new to the country as well, which is like a double whammy. Yeah. So how did you personally network with people when you moved over? Or was there a lot of groundwork that you kind of had to do before you even moved to get connected? Yeah. I, I think we made a really smart move with Vampa. We, one of my um, earliest advisors worked at a label called Piaf's um, and uh, he, he was just quite well connected. He's an English guy, but he'd been living in LA for five or 10 years or something. And so we, we, we brought him on to be our ground advisor to prepare me for the move. Cause we knew that it, when my company was moving me, we were setting up an office, they were moving me over as CEO. So I, I had to have some contacts and some, I had to have some sort of, you know, people to get the, ball rolling with as soon as I landed. We didn't want to be meandering and trying to look up the, you know, the white pages or whatever to work out who to get in touch with. So he laid the groundwork for me. I was very fortunate because not everyone has the ability to hire an assistant for four months prior to arriving in a new city. And so I, I was very lucky in that respect, but um, yeah, we got there. We, we hit the ground running. We were working out of an office in um, uh, Abbott Kinney, which is, you know, trendy part of Santa Monica and right in the heart of the tech hub there. So I was just very lucky, to be honest. I, I can't really say much more than that. <laughs> we put the right people around me. Yeah. So, and, and when it comes to that, I mean, just, you know, team doesn't just kind of, ha well, sometimes it happens organically. I mean, you, you, there are the cases when people, you know, the people, you're doing something really interesting and then people kind of just magnetically find you. Um, I, I actually, I disagree. I, I think effort is always a part of the equation, even when, things look lucky. Like you look at Justin Bieber's and people like that. There's still always, I met, I started here and then I was introduced to person A who introduced me to person B who changed my life by introducing me to person C. And so that actually happens to everyone. And so I was just talking about how I was lucky, but that's oversimplifying it. I was signed to my first ever major deal in 2010 by um, the lead singer of a famous Australian band who was doing A&R. He then quit the music industry and went into tech I then asked him to be my co-founder and his co-founder on a previous product was the guy that I hired as my advisor in America. So you can actually draw, it's a bit of a zigzag line, but it's actually one person introduced me to that person who introduced me to that person. And so you, you work hard at that. That doesn't happen by complete fluke. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to be told no. And I get told no 90 times a day. We're in the middle of a funding round and I must've spoken to close to 80 firms at this point you know, and most have said no. Um, so, you, you see, and, and it's the same as when I was a songwriter, you know, um, every idea that you bring 
probably nine out of 10 of them get rejected by the artist. And that's absolutely okay. It's part of being in this industry. It's about thick skin, um, resilience, and also about, you know, you need that competitive streak, I think, in your heart that makes you go, okay, well, if they said no, that just means I got to come back with something even better. Um, and and rather than see it as a criticism, it's just uh, use it as fuel. Uh, that's probably the advice I'd have there. Yeah, that's that's well said. And Car- Carolyn Kate says, be willing to be told no. It's the best advice ever. Definitely agree with you there. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe where that resilience came from with you? Like, how did you find that? Because that's not something that everybody just stumbles into, or a lot of people are, are not necessarily born with thick skin. Yeah. Um, what, were, what were some of the ways that you kind of have been able to foster that and develop that over the years? I don't know. I mean, my father passed away when I was two. And so there was a, and my mum uh, brought me and my twin brother up, sorry. And um, I think it's quite obvious in hindsight that she was dealing with a lot of trauma and stuff, but, but at the same time had this like very admirable um, ability to just put on a brave face and troop on through absolutely any of the bullshit that came away. She got sued for being a woman for like $20 million just after dad died because the music industry guys in London didn't want her to have certain famous artist rights. So, you know, I think adversity and a trauma, it was sort of a part of our DNA, even though that sounds awful. Um, I think it probably prepared me at least for, um, dealing with scumbags and and ultimately realizing that all of this is a bit of a game and and just to have some fun with it i um definitely was just naturally ambitious but with ambition comes anxiety so i had my fair share of like mental health things when i was a lot younger but that also teaches you some thick skin and so i don't know it's a combination of um life experience and and observation what my parents went through and um but i do think you can learn thick skin i really do i don't think it's um, you, you only learn by doing. And so the first step is to put yourself out there and and then brace yourself for the inevitable no that's going to happen at some point, probably straight away. But um, you just get better at it. It's like dating. You just got to try it a few times. <laughs> and eventually you sort of find a formula that works. Very, very good. So basically you kind of have the dating site for for people in the music industry. Is that well, is that fair to say? Funny that you say that because our, our user interface for one section of the app called Discovery uses the swipe interface because it gamifies networking. So networking is like no one likes it. And people who tell you that they like it are probably sociopaths. Like no one really likes truthfully networking because you are putting yourself out there. For all the things that we just said is the reason why people hate networking. So the challenge when it comes to helping creatives network is how do you make it fun? And our solution and what sets us apart from any other competition out there is that we've gamified networking. And so we use that swipe technology, or we call it binary decision-making. And it allows you to like, you see a profile, you see what they look like, you see how many artists you have in common, a snippet of their music starts playing. And within five seconds, you can make an audio visual determination. Is this someone I want to collaborate with? And if you want to, you swipe right. If you don't, swipe left. It's really that simple. Very cool. So when somebody does find somebody they want to connect with, is that all handled within the Vamper platform or like, let's say um, there's a songwriter on here who meets a producer who they like, they like their tracks and they want to work with them. What, what's the, the process at that point? Yeah. So currently they would match on the app or, you know, accept each other's connection request rather um, send each other some messages. What we do see a lot of is if someone really likes a specific part of someone's 
background. So let's say they really like their production sound and they're like, I just want to pay you to produce my song. That happens all the time. Um, they often take it off platform at that point, which that's a security risk, but it's also a lost opportunity for us. So we're introducing some features to safeguard both the users and the company around that in the second half of the year called Marketplace. But until that happens, yeah, what typically happens is they connect on Vampa, they develop the relationship on Vampa, and then at a certain point, they'll they'll jump ship and take the, the collaboration offline. Gotcha. So what's the model for people who want to join? What is the, what is the model for, for users who would potentially be interested in becoming members? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a freemium model, which means it's absolutely free to sign up. And I think 80 or 90% of the features that we offer are free in perpetuity, like forever. Um, so you sign up, enter your email address, go through the onboarding, just basically let the backend know what it is that you do, examples of your portfolio, name, age, all the stuff that you're used to doing on any other platform. Um, then you'll get through to the discovery section, start making your first few connections. Once you've made your first few connections, that opens up things like the feed and rooms. And that's th those are destinations where you can speak with tens of thousands of your peers who are live at any one time and active. And that's, that's where the fun stuff happens. Very cool. And what have been, maybe if, if any come to mind, just some success stories from yeah. users of, of, of Vamper. Yeah. Look, my, my favorite story is actually, we, I don't know why, but it's one of the first guys that ever joined the platform. Um, I guess because success takes time as well. Um, and there's there's been plenty of like success stories of people going on to sign major deals and stuff like that. But I love this story in particular because so much of it happened on and through because of the platform. So there's this band in San Jose called Carpool Tunnel. And it really started off as this guy, Ben, the lead singer. And he joined Vampa as one of our first users. I don't even know how he found out about it. But he found a drummer within, I think, a day. And then a week or two later, they found a bass player. Um, and they went off and they recorded a demo. They put it on TikTok. I wasn't, it was musically back then. It wasn't even TikTok. Um, and they put it up on there. And it kind of went, I wouldn't say viral, but it got tens of thousands of hits. And then that was enough to capture the attention of a Grammy award-winning producer and who also happened to be on Vampa. And so then they collaborated. They made a song together and then they, that collaboration got them signed to pure noise records and they're now touring the country. And so I just love that story because it's so organic. It all happened, you know, as I say, because of the platform and uh, it's just a really beautiful outcome for a bunch of lovely hardworking kids. I love that. So I'll, I'll started with him just finding a finding band members ultimately, yeah. which is and something that, and now they're living their dreams. Like they're literally touring the country, making a living from music and, it wouldn't, I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have had that outcome without our platform, but it certainly sped the process up. And that's the whole point of Vampa. It's to take what would otherwise maybe take you a five-year process to do, which is find that perfect team and shrink that down to, you know, minutes or days realistically. Um, that's the ambition from our side. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I want to zoom out because a lot of the the people in our worlds are, are songwriters and artists. What would you be, what would your advice be two songwriters about who, who, who should they be thinking about networking with? Like, obviously you've, you've had the experience of having been a songwriter and having, having success as a songwriter, who should they be thinking about networking with and how should they be thinking about going about that? I would say make as many friends with producers as possible um, because producers these days, their, their role is changing. I mean, on the one hand, producers are getting more and more credits for songwriting because they're writing a fundamental part of the song being that being the chords probably. And, um, but they also, because there's so many of them, 
there's not many that have really refined polished skills in top lining and top lining is like there's just not enough people doing it at least in a high level so i would like find the thing that you do really well with songwriting whether that is top lining maybe it's as specific as i'm really good at writing pre-choruses i'm because i've been in sessions where it's such a high level of talent that they have the pre-chorus person that comes in just to do that right find your niche own your niche and then find producers that need that niche and that is like almost a guaranteed path to make money um at, at least it's a guaranteed path to be in demand and then at a certain point you will start making some royalties on that and you know once your catalog is up there with 50 releases 100 releases even if those songs aren't number ones even if they don't even crack the charts when you start to get that volume of releases out there your recurring royalties each year will be enough to sustain a lifestyle where you'll be able to pursue bigger projects and it is compounding much like stock which is why the companies like hypnosis exist and they're just out there buying catalogs billions of dollars because songs like stocks typically do just keep generating money year over year and it does compound so yeah there, there's definitely a way to make a living from us as being a songwriter without even having to be a star songwriter if that makes sense that's that's so good and i love that you hit on the niche thing and th this is something that we talk about over and over again that i'd rather people become an encyclopedia for one thing than be somebody who does everything yeah there's too many all-rounders especially out in places like hollywood as well um I've never actually, well, I've done a lot of songwriting with Nashville artists who come out to LA because my publisher used to place me with them, but I've never been out in Nashville. I understand Nashville rules and equal splits and all that stuff. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't profess to know what the landscape is in terms of are there, are there niche writers in Nashville or are there all rounders or, I mean, you'll have to educate me on that, but certainly in Hollywood, there's too many all rounders. And but the good news there is when there's too much of something, it's really easy to differentiate yourself and that instantly puts you ahead of the pack. So it's like a growth hack. Life yeah, hack. for sure. And, and I, I guess in Nashville, it's, 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 it's probably about the same, you know, there's, there's producers, the track guys, track girls, there's top liners, then, and then there's your artists. So obviously under the top liners, there's different types of top liners, depending on what genre you're in, like in country, it's all about the lyric, like the lyric comes yeah. way before the melody, but then that's where you can start to differentiate is by genre as well too. Yeah. It's not just that you're the pre-chorus person or that you're the chorus person. It's that you're like the country lyricist. Yeah. You know, and then like what, I see, what I see happening here a lot as well, because genres are converging in such an interesting way these days is, you know, I'll, I'll be in a hip hop session or something. And then someone will go, someone from the country world will say, we want that hip hop flair in, in a song like that. And then I've had it vice versa as well. It's, oh, Josh, you're really good at doing sort of more traditional melodies. We want to bring you into something more urban and make it a bit more mainstream. And so it, it's just, I love what's happening with genre. I think you can, you can use your, your strengths there also to, to, to go into different, uh, different lanes than you otherwise might've thought to have explored, which is really exciting. For sure. Um, here, as we're closing out here in just a minute, I do want to open it up for some audience Q&A as well. So be thinking about what questions you might have. You can either type them out in the chat or you can raise your hand on the uh, Zoom functionality and we'll get to you. But um, the, the thing that I wanted to ask as we're closing out, because you, you, hit, you hit on it and I'm glad you hit on it because networking is, it's a word that just feels slimy to so many people. So it's horrible. Give your best advice to people to like, okay, well, how do I network? How do I gain my, build my relationships? 
without feeling like I'm just trying to, um, you know, gain something from someone? How, how do you how do you navigate that? I'd say that the answer to your question is in the question. Um, you said the word relationship. That's that should be your end goal. And it sounds a bit on the nose, but it's true. So if your objective is to get an outcome, you're pr- first and foremost, I hate to say this, you're probably not going to achieve anything um, in that particular instance. Um, if, you're, if your outcome is I want to build a relationship, even if you don't end up working with the person, you will still have a relationship with the person. And that is something that will come and reward you in spades in ways you cannot know now. It will reward you down the line in, in unforeseen ways and because you went in there with no motive right so really and that's a hard thing to do and i trust me i'm still guilty as recently as last week i can think of a situation where i kind of had a motive and i think i fucked it up a little bit um and so you relearn that lesson time and time again but if your motive is purely just to spark a relationship you will get something out of it um if nothing else you won't be disappointed so set expectations low in that respect um, but you know, there are, there are gig platforms. It's, it's an important distinction, like the distinction between building relationships and, and having a transactional, uh, exchange, uh, they are two wildly different things and there's nothing wrong with one or the other. Like you can go on Fiverr and find someone who makes fruity loop beats. And if it suits, whatever the project is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with paying him $80 or her $80, whatever it is, and getting that beat and using it. I mean, look at Lil Nas X, right? That worked. So there's nothing wrong with doing that, but just know that you're not building relationships. And so that the chances of longevity uh, it, it greatly reduced. Um, so anyway, I think, I hope that answers the question. I think you're muted. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, and, and yeah, I think you kind of answered that. Charlene said, what's the best way to build a relationship? And you kind of, you, you kind of hit on that. The outcome is the relationship. It's not a result. It's not, it's not a, some ulterior motive. So I, I love that. That's good, good wisdom. Great. Well, uh, Josh, thanks so much for, uh, for creating an amazing platform and, uh, and, and giving us a little bit of your time today. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's great to meet y'all or it's great to meet you and uh we'll we'll talk to the rest of you guys we'll be on our regular weekly coffee chats uh this friday so we'll see y'all then thanks guys thanks for listening to this episode of the made it in music podcast in addition to this episode we also recorded a q a session where some of the songwriters in our song chasers community were able to ask their own questions we'll release that episode shortly after this one Make sure to check out some of the other episodes of the Made It in Music podcast as well. We have well over 100 interviews with some of the top music industry professionals, many here in Nashville and many from all over the world. Subscribe to make sure that you automatically get future episodes and leave us a review if you loved it. It would really help us out. Or send an email to support at fullcirclemusic.com if you have any ideas for how we can improve the show. If you'd like to become a Song Chasers member and attend these training sessions live, head over to joinsongchasers.com to learn more. You also get additional exclusive trainings from me. You get our TrackSuite Pro software. You get song reviews from me and my team. And you get access to a custom social media network we created exclusively for songwriters and musicians. There's nothing else like it on the internet. Go to joinsongchasers.com to learn how to join and check out madeitinmusic.com for more content and episodes from this podcast. See you in the next episode.